，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。For Taiwan's farmers, winter is the orange season. We all know that oranges make great juice and a handy snack. But do you know all the health benefits of this citrus fruit? It contains lots of fiber and different vitamins, and is a great addition to the diet. Let's hear from a nutritionist and find out how to get the most from our oranges this winter. Oranges are sweet, fragrant, juicy, and thirst-quenching. No wonder they're such a favourite at fruit juice stands, as they go with almost every other fruit. It's orange harvest season now, and this nutritionist says they're great as an after-dinner digestive. Oranges are full of fibre. When you eat them, you should definitely eat the soft white skin as well to get enough fibre. It promotes bowel movements. Oranges also contain vitamin C, which can brighten the skin and forms collagen. Vitamin C can protect you against infections and speed up the recovery of wounds. The potassium ions will also lower your blood pressure and help keep your heart healthy. Fibre makes you feel fuller and reduces the craving for snacks. But this nutritionist also warns that oranges are high in sugar, so you need to be careful on the portions if you have diabetes or kidney disease. Don't eat more than two oranges a day, and how you eat your orange matters too. Most orange juice has the solid bits filtered out, taking away most of that great fibre. When you drink orange juice, the bits are filtered out, and actually, what's left is just sugared water. Of course, it also has vitamins and minerals, but after the fiber is gone, it will cause greater spikes in your blood sugar. Drinking orange juice is actually not great for controlling blood sugar for people with high blood sugar. And finally, don't throw away those great orange peels. They can be used as a natural air freshener. Who knew that oranges could bring sweetness, not just to the plate? But also to the house. International tourism is back in full swing now that most COVID rules at the border have been lifted. Among amid rising demand for travel, airlines are adding new destinations in Japan to their offerings. And starting March 28th, Peach will be operating flights between Taipei and Nagoya. It will also resume services between Kyoto and Osaka in August. Meanwhile, Tiger Air Taiwan is adding flights to Niigata and resuming its services to Sendai, Ibaraki, and Okayama. According to the Japan Tourism Agency, Japan had 930,000 foreign visitors in November, of whom 100,000 were Taiwanese. That's the second largest nationality after South Korea, which sent 310,000 visitors to Japan over the month. Award-winning sculptor Guo Qingzhi has created works using a variety of materials throughout his 50-year career as an artist. His works are now on display in a special exhibit at Taipei's Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall. FTV reporter Stephen Yang spoke to Guo to find out more about how his works have evolved over the years and his future goals as a sculptor. This is because of the light. It's not just the light. 
那个三角形的纹路。Gore's works are made using a range of materials, including stone, bronze, stainless steel, mixed media, and digital prints. This work, Entrance of the Sun, is a work that he is most proud of. For example, the one we see behind us is called the Entrance of the Sun. The work has been included in an archive of 20th-century sculptures from around the world. My aim with this type of piece is to achieve real creation and not follow trends. I have established a style of my own, which is also a Taiwanese style. This is what I want to do. A total of 48 works by Guo are on display at an exhibition at Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall. Guo originally aspired to be a writer and poet, but later decided to break into the world of visual arts as a sculptor. Throughout his career, he experimented with different types of media, including stone, copper, wood, stainless steel, and bronze. I put many different things into my creations, including tradition and new technology, and materials such as stainless steel. I put a lot of effort into the so-called mixed media. I later saw that internationally there are not many successful cases of composite media works. I am quite confident in my works. In his second year at university, Guo won three major art competitions: the Provincial Art Exhibition, the National Fine Arts Exhibition, and the Taiyang Art Exhibition. Later in his career, he was elected as the first chair of the Sculptor Association of Taiwan. Despite his early successes, he never lost his passion for creating. Because I am old now, I want to create what I like. In fact, I still have some works that I want to continue working on. The so-called mixed media is a mixture of various media, but there are many new methods that I still haven't tried yet, but have thought about. For example, aluminium alloy is also a good material. I tried using it, but I was not very successful. I hope to continue to work with it. Guo hopes to continue mastering the art of sculpting and to pass on his expertise to younger sculptors in Taiwan. The exhibition will be on display at the Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall until February 12th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. The opening of TSMC's new U.S. fab means relocation for many Taiwanese silicon engineers and their families. Hundreds of Taiwanese citizens have newly arrived in Arizona to start a new chapter in their lives in a radically different culture. But settling in a foreign country is no easy feat. That's why some associations are stepping in to provide support and welcome services to new immigrants. For lots of families, the most pressing concern is navigating the very complicated U.S. healthcare system. But even simple tasks can also be challenging in a foreign environment. The opening of TSMC's new U.S. fab has seen many Taiwanese families pack up and relocate to Arizona for a new life. As they find their feet in a new country, the biggest worry for most is healthcare. The U.S. system is totally different to that of Taiwan. When you have a major health issue, you're liable for potentially catastrophic costs. Many struggle to describe their health troubles in English or understand technical terms used by doctors. Now, a U.S. healthcare and insurance provider has taken note of the growing population of Mandarin speakers in Arizona.
They're offering healthcare services in Mandarin to support the many new TSMC expats. Making sure we have the interpreter services, translation services, all of these go together. A lot of blind spots with high costs that many immigrant families aren't aware of. We hold events every now and then, and if our members have any needs, if they need help, then we have all kinds of different professionals. With support from locals, this Taiwan American Association held a major event for Chinese speakers, with free talks and volunteers on hand to answer questions from the family members of TSMC's new U.S. workforce. Being a newcomer in a strange land, even knowing where to go grocery shopping can be a problem. But these Taiwanese expats are supporting each other. It's very unfamiliar to me too, but I think I can tell the children that mommy and you are from the same country. We're in this together. We all don't understand, and we'll solve this together. When I look at how the children have grown up in this environment with a diverse upbringing, I think it's a totally different kind of life experience. So at first, it's very hard work, and I want to encourage folks a bit. For these families, stepping out of Taiwan and into a new life across the Pacific is a once-in-a-lifetime challenge, a door into a new world of possibilities. Taiwanese illusionist Hanson Jen has been enchanting the world for 15 years with his magic tricks. He's even collaborated with big names inside and outside the magic world, including pop singer Jay Chow and magician David Copperfield. Most recently, he's become the first Taiwanese to be featured on the cover of Magic Scene, Europe's top magazine on magic. With just the shadow of his fingers, he turns the phone off. What a marvel! This is 31-year-old Hanson Chen, who was recently featured on the cover of Europe's top magic magazine, Magic Scene. He's the first Taiwanese illusionist to get the honor. I was quite surprised. I hadn't thought that they would interview me. The magazine featured a lot of my works and my work as a consultant for many talented musicians. But it's not Chen's first time on the cover of a magazine. Last year, he was the cover illusionist in three magazines about magic. In July 2022, he was a special performer at a convention held by the International Brotherhood of Magicians. Chen is a self-taught magician and has been performing for 15 years now. Among his clients are celebrities like Mando pop singer Jay Cho, who previously used Chen's creations and props. I taught quite a few people. Jay Chow used what I taught him in a short video. Just yesterday, Lu Chen came over to discuss magic with me. Some renowned magicians from abroad I've worked with include David Copperfield, who's used some of my things. Chen has long been a magic advisor for television shows and movies. Now he's before the cameras to make the world of magic better known in Taiwan. I think we can make it better known. A very important issue is that for a long time there has been a big gap between magic performances and audiences. I hope to be able to bridge that gap. Big names in magic have attended Chen's online seminars. Now Chen is working so that his magic can enchant even more people. We now go to Taipei's Liu Zhangli, where a unique repair shop is one of a kind in Taiwan. The police repair shop is the only place you can get police weapons fixed in the whole country. 
Firearms are tightly controlled in Taiwan, but police officers do carry them. And repair experts like master engineer Li Jingguo are some of the only people allowed to handle those weapons. Let's take a peek inside the workshop. Li Jingguo picks up a Heckler & Koch MP5 submachine gun. He proceeds to take it apart piece by piece with the utmost care. This is his police repair shop, the only place in Taiwan where you can get police weapons fixed. The repair engineers here work behind the scenes to keep police officers, their weapons, and the public safe. This is a gun that was sent to us from the Taiwan Police College for repair. The note says the damage is a crack in the gun body. There is a strict procedure to follow when a weapon comes in. First, engineers check its serial number and carry out an initial assessment. When they know which parts are faulty, they assign tasks to members of the team, and it enters the repair line. Lee, 65 years old, has been doing this job for almost 50 years. New recruits who want to learn the art of weapons repair need to learn from him before they can even get started. Repairing guns sounds like a rather sensitive and a rather special industry. In fact, what we're doing here is simply mechanical work. Now, of course, we do have a certain sense of humor in serving the equipment used by our colleagues in the police force. In the course of protecting the public, the police occasionally use guns to apprehend violent criminals. And behind the scenes, the work of Lee and his team keeps those guns in good shape, ensuring the safety of everyone. Experts are weighing in on the government's plan to issue universal cash handouts of 6,000 NT a person from last year's tax surplus. The amount is actually more than what was offered in economic stimulus vouchers during the COVID pandemic. But experts say that since the handouts don't have an expiry date, they might not be able to stimulate the economy as much, raising the GTP by just 0.3% to 0.4%. Let's hear from an economist. You can't just say that handing out 1,000 NT will result in a GDP boost of 0.2%. Even then, will a 6,000 NT handout result in a boost of 1%? That's absolutely impossible, because many people will just save the money. They'll put it toward their savings. But the point is, it will bring about some degree of consumption. Perhaps about half of it will be spent, and that can stimulate the economy. I would say it will boost the GDP by about 0.3 or 0.4 percent. The triple stimulus vouchers handed out in 2020 allowed applicants to purchase 3,000 NT in time-limited vouchers by paying 1,000 NT. That program boosted Taiwan's GDP by 0.24 percent to 0.53 percent. Meanwhile, the quintuple stimulus vouchers of 2021, which gave users 5,000 NT in vouchers, boosted the economy by 0.6% to 0.9%. On his second day in office, newly appointed Premier Chen Jianren met with ruling and opposition lawmakers as well as participated in the president's weekly meeting on national security. He said he would try to gain support for a piece of legislation in order to give out cash handouts from last year's tax surplus. Chen said he's also ready to carry out President Tsai's four main priorities for the new cabinet. 
Chen Jianren pays his first visit to the Legislative Yuan as Premier, meeting with governing and opposition lawmakers to garner support for a special act that will authorize cash handouts from last year's tax surplus. There is opposition to communicate with. Our major goal is to promulgate the post-COVID special act as quickly as possible. The DPP caucus said the 6,000 NT cash handouts may be given out in April at the earliest. Meanwhile, the KMT is seeking to raise the amount to 10,000 NT. Since you claim to head a caring cabinet, why not care for the people? Let them know that you're above Premier Su. He was handing out 6,000 NT, but you could make it 10,000 NT. The KMT caucus wants a bigger cash handout. Meanwhile, Taiwan People's Party lawmakers say they look forward to working with the new cabinet. As an opposition party, we welcome the new cabinet before returning to our role of keeping an eye on the ruling party. I look forward to further debates and exchanges on the legislative floor. The same morning, Premier Chen attended the president's weekly meeting on national security at her official residence. That's right. This morning, the president invited me to participate in the meeting on national security. Vice President Lai Qingde was also there. And of course, I'm the premier most able to execute President Tsai's four main tasks for the new cabinet. The new premier is ready to serve as the president's right-hand man. High-ranking officials in the Czech Republic have responded to China's protest over a recent phone call between the Czech president-elect and President Tsai Ing-wen. One of them is the Czech prime minister, who said that as a sovereign country, the Czech Republic could choose whoever it wants to call. Meanwhile, the EU spokesperson for foreign affairs and security policy has said that the one-China policies of the EU and its member states do not prohibit interactions with Taiwan. Czech president-elect Petr Pavel spoke with Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen on the phone on Monday and said he hoped to visit Taiwan in the future. European news outlet Reuters referred to the move as a diplomatic coup, given the lack of formal ties between the two countries. The phone call also ruffled a few feathers in Beijing. Even after China's repeated dissuasion and demarches, the call constitutes a serious interference in China's internal affairs. China deplores and strongly opposes this, and we have made solemn demarche to the Czech side. China says it tried to stop the call between the two presidents from happening. The Czech Republic is having none of China's condemnations, however. On Twitter, Czech Prime Minister Petr Fiala responded saying that, as a sovereign state, we decide for ourselves who we call and who we meet. Speaker of the Czech Chamber of Deputies Marketa Pekarova Adamova further tweeted that it is important that Czechia supports partners who respect human rights and democracy. She added that she was planning to visit Taiwan in March. Asked on the matter, the EU's Foreign Affairs and Security Policy spokesperson Nabila Mazrali stated that the EU's one-China policy does not mean the Union and its member states cannot interact with Taiwan. The EU and its member states remain committed to its long-standing one-China policy, which constitutes the framework for EU's and its member states' engagement with Taiwan, strong ties with Taiwan, uh, and an, an important economic and high-tech partner in the region. Nothing can stand in the way of the friendship between the Czech Republic and Taiwan. The unity among democracies will always show our determination to demonstrate that we are not like authoritarian states.
Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council said that as a sovereign state, Taiwan's interactions with other countries are legitimate, adding that China's attempts to isolate Taiwan internationally were not conducive to the betterment of cross-strait relations. The year of the rabbit has only just started, but it seems that for Taiwan, it may be a year of more cooperation with the EU. On Tuesday, NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg met with Japanese Prime Minister Kishida Fumio and released a joint statement on Japan-NATO security cooperation. In the statement and during the talks, the two sides expressed serious concern over China's military action in the region, including its coercive behavior over Taiwan. Meanwhile, U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin arrived in the Philippines on Monday night to seek access to another four Philippine military bases in case a conflict breaks out in the region. On January 31st, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg met with Japanese Prime Minister Kishida Fumio in Tokyo. After the meeting, the two sides released a joint statement in which they expressed concern over reports of militarization, coercion and intimidation in the South China Sea. In his remarks, Stoltenberg criticized China's behavior, agreeing with Japan that it's a matter of serious concern. China is substantially building up its military forces, including nuclear weapons, bullying its neighbors and threatening Taiwan. Beijing is watching closely and learning lessons that may influence its future decisions. What is happening in Europe today could happen in East Asia tomorrow. Meanwhile, U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who arrived in the Philippines on Monday night, is slated to meet Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. on Thursday to discuss expanding U.S. access to another four military bases in the country to counter China's growing military action in the region. According to U.S. newspaper The Wall Street Journal, two of the four sites could be located on the Cagayan province on the northern island of Luzon and on the province of Palawan to the east. With only 321 kilometers between Luzon and Taiwan, the U.S. military would be able to respond quickly should a conflict erupt in the South China Sea or the Taiwan Strait. If the Philippines will allow access to these locations, to these bases, allow the U.S. military to effectively interfere, of course, whether it's the Taiwan Strait or the South China Sea, both are important regions, and the Philippines' location has a great strategic significance. An important aspect of U.S. deployment in the South China Sea is the surveillance of anti-submarine and underwater activity. The Indo-Pacific region's security is high on the agenda of the NATO, the U.S. and their allies. 